Hello everyone, this is the Wharton Customer Analyticast. My name is Marin, and today we're recording from our Analytics Summit. This two-fold event wraps up our pilot program, the Analytics Accelerator Challenge, and provides an afternoon of content dedicated to helping businesses put their data to work. As a part of the event, we hosted an industry-led panel discussion that provided some advice to businesses early in their analytics journey. And for today's episode, the panelists are here with me to recap their discussion. So with that said, I'll let the panelists introduce themselves. Drew Schultz here from Refractive Ventures, where we are partnering with early stage founders, angel investors, and venture capitalists to bring uh, capabilities and customer analytics closer to early stage companies. This is uh, Tom Vladek with Gradient Metrics. Um, we started Gradient uh, in my second year of Wharton while I was getting my MBA. And we do uh, statistical market research for companies ranging from Series A startups to Fortune 50 brands. Hi, everyone. This is Nathan Richter. work with Hubal RBN Inc which is the Urban Outfitters brands, Anthropology and Free People. I work in our digital strategy group focused on personalization and customer insights. Great, thank you. Um, so we've just wrapped on this panel, and you guys talked a lot about great advice for companies in the early stages of adopting an analytics-driven mindset. So let's dive right in. What's the best advice for startups early in the analytics journey? How do you set yourself up for success, and how does one start being an analytics-driven startup? So I think the important thing to understand is that any analytics project has three components. It has data. You have to go collect really high-quality data. You have to do analysis, so you have to build some kind of model that produces information. And then, really importantly, you have to have synthesis. You have to take that information, and then you have to turn it into intelligence. And the intelligence needs to be something like a sentence. We should enter this market. We should raise prices by 15% or something like that. So I think when startups often get, get going, it's really sexy to collect a lot of data or build some really cool model, but they leave the last part out, which is, how is all this going to piece together into a really effective and salient decision? And then to take that uh, and kind of build on Tom's uh, three-stage process a little bit more, there's also the step of, of narrative and curation. Companies both internally and externally need to know the role that customer value is playing in the uh, success and real value creation of these companies, especially when speaking to external stakeholders, startups, whether they're talking to venture investors or angel investors, growth stage companies as we continue to see companies like Stitch Fix talk to the public markets. Customer analytics and customer value metrics are becoming increasingly value. And then again, that fourth step of Tom's three, that narrative creation and curation. This is Nathan. So I think it's a, a combination of a couple factors. One is the commitment to do it right. So organizationally, how do you make sure that you're aligning and communicating with the organization that this is where you want to be? So a data-driven company. Um, and I think a part of that is having a plan around the data. So as the guys have mentioned, how do you make sure you have good data sources? What are the elements you want to track? I think really having a focus from the outset of this is something you want to do helps, helps set up that foundation. And then the second piece would be Nothing overly complicated, but how do you just sort of get started and get some activity going? Um, less trying to solve perfect problems and more how do you get out there and try to improve your business day after day by asking some basic questions that you can potentially solve through data and apply as soon as possible, both to get those business wins, but I think also help, help propel a little momentum within the organization. That's great. I feel like a lot of companies out there are missing a simple hypothesis-driven approach. Um, moving on from there, uh, 
so we have the foundation now. So how do you create uh, buy-in from stakeholders and create a culture that's invested in analytics and more importantly, experiments? We talked a lot, a lot about experiments today. So I feel like it's a crucial part in an analytics kind of journey, as we keep saying. So I think, you know, just to reference um, what we were talking about when we were on stage, you really have to um, divorce the concept of like how technically sophisticated your organization is with the analytics mindset. And you know, Marin, you just said it. It's not really an analytics mindset, it's a hypothesis mindset, a hypothesis-driven culture. So the idea that when you make a decision, you're not saying this is the right thing, you're saying I think this is the right thing, and if it is the right thing, here's what I should see. Um, I think that uh, you had a really great point, Nathan, that um, you know, one thing that you should do at the outset is you should define what success looks like in terms of a few key metrics. Like, if this happens, this is what I expect will happen, because it lays out what exactly your hypothesis is, and you, should me you can measure it. Um, I think a lot of people get really caught up in, we need some sophisticated methodology on our analytics team. Really, you just need to be creative about what you're measuring and what you think is going to happen. Set a value expectation for the organization. And that actually falls really nicely under the OKR process, if you've ever implemented that as a goal-setting methodology or other uh, you know, similar form of project management solution. But Mike, yeah, again, to Tom's point, setting a, a baseline level or a goal for that, you're really able to kind of keep people and uh, measure their success against those expectations. And, and really, that also kind of comes into the culture development of really not just you know, defining or saying you have a culture of experimentation, but enabling it by allowing all of your employees to constantly question everything, not only internally, but also externally and about their customers. So that's a, that's a great entry point, too. I like to say sometimes, how can everybody see something within the data that resonates with them? So in other words, for that buy-in, right, the, the marketing team always has amazing ideas or, or some hypothesis of what they want to do. But what are some of the other parts of the organization that might not always be at the forefront of the hypothesis development or the questioning? I think data is a really good consolidator or aggregator of uh, different parts of the business and letting them know that there's, there's accessibility in ways that they can use the information or ask those questions that can empower them. Also, kind of brings back to the customer, right? How does everybody work from that common framework of how are we solving problems or solutions for the customer? Important to have all of the constituents within an organization thinking in that way and asking those questions. So I think data is really valuable in helping break down some of those silos, but it's by asking and kind of uh, inviting that participation from maybe different groups than are traditionally represented within the data questions like marketing. That's such an important point. Um, so, and that sets us up kind of perfectly for, okay, we have the direction, we have our hypothesis. Um, who executes the hypothesis? A lot of our companies and constituents want to know, like, who, who should we hire? What, what do we look for? What titles should we put out there? What are your thoughts? So, I mean, I think this is something we talked a lot about on the panel. Um, and, you know, the idea of hiring an athlete really resonated with me because, you know, as somebody that writes a lot of code for a living, I spend you know the vast majority of my time when I'm writing code, not just like seamlessly executing what was in my mind and like getting it down into the computer and seeing the results. Really, what it is is it's struggling to learn the model that I'm building and spending a lot of time on Stack Overflow and on Google, you know, troubleshooting issues and learning how to do something new and visualizing something in a way that I hadn't before. Um, so the life of a data scientist is a life of constant learning. Um, and so, and, and the other thing is, is that the environment for how you learn data science today has really changed. You know, it's not something that's locked up in universities. 
people really need to be able to learn on their own, take Coursera classes, learn from others on the internet, go through tutorials. Um, and it's changing super rapidly. So one thing you know, we were talking about is you can't really look at somebody's slope. I mean, intercept, you have to look at their slope <laughs> um, and see you know, how they will evolve over time and whether or not they'll be able to learn um, and be able to keep up because that's really the most important thing when you're hiring somebody. There's a reason why hiring that athlete who really wants to constantly learn it is very important, especially in this world of customer analytics. And it's because if you think about you know, a line between uh, you know, pure mathematician, mathematician or statistician and uh, marketing manager, there's a lot going on in between. You have data engineer, you know, closer to the mathematician. You have data scientist, maybe a little bit closer. But and then a marketing analyst, quantitative marketing analyst, way over on the other side. But there's a huge gap still in between the really quantitative solutions that are being applied by data scientists and where the rubber hits the road, way over here on the marketing manager side. And having that learner, that person who's either able to go way left or way right from what they were classically trained as and constantly get better, um, is really what you should be looking for when it comes to uh, bringing somebody into your organization to implement this. Yeah, and for, for us, we're a, a little more established, larger brand, but I think it's a, it's a, common, uh, it's a common want within, within hiring is what's the cultural fit, right? So for Urban Outfitters, retail, fashion, kind of you could almost say a vibe, very unquantifiable mathematical term there. Um, but I think it's important that there is a cultural fit of, look, yes, there, there's a mathematical data science modeling approach here, but are you passionate about what the endpoint is? Are you passionate about what the customer is? So never exclude, I think, what that can be. The other piece I would, I would add on as well is, so for us too, the, we talked about this on the panel, there's a lot of competition for the really good talent out there. Um, as much as I would love to say we're you know, turning away very qualified candidates, we're, we're always on the look for that. So for us, there's also an opportunity where technology or partnerships with consultants, how do you sort of augment what your existing staff can do? I think that's a key thing that, that isn't to be forgotten is the rate of innovation, the rate of customer expectation is, is growing every day. You can't wait for the perfect person to come through the door. So are there vendors within your existing ecosystem that can help accelerate some of these things and, and let's be blunt, automate some of the processes that maybe people do so they can ask better questions? Or are there outside uh, partnerships you can get, like with Wharton or with, with good consultancies, that can help, again, augment that until you find the right person who is the right cultural fit with the right skill set? So multi multifaceted answer. So many facets in all of these, but this uh, is a lot of great content, a lot of, to take away for our audience to take away and for now our, our Analyticast audience to take away. So thank you all of you for taking the time to wrap up this amazing event and we look forward to working with you again soon. Great, thank you. Our thank you very much.